Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is John 21. Failure. It's not fun, but every single one of us at one level or another has experienced some level of failure in our lives. And unfortunately, even as Christians, um, most of us have probably failed in some significant way as a Christian. And failure can be painful. Uh, One, sometimes it can bring consequences and discipline from the Lord. Other times it can just be so discouraging and disappointing to us. Our own failure can devastate us. But what we're going to see in John 21 is Jesus restoring someone who has failed. And we're talking here about Peter, who famously denies Christ three times the night before Jesus is crucified. But what we're going to see in just a couple chapters as we get into Acts is we're going to see Peter at the front of the church leading. How did he go from denying Christ to being this bold preacher and evangelist? Well, we're going to see the restoration here in John 21. And as we go through this chapter, I want to point out six lessons, six lessons that we see from the restoration of Peter by the Lord Jesus Christ. And the first lesson I want us to see is trust that Jesus is the same. And that really covers this first part of um, the, 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 what I like to call the last breakfast. And we see a replication of something that happens earlier um, as there's this abundant, even miraculous catch of fish. And it should Go back to Luke 5 and the call of Peter, James, and John, where they've been fishing all night. They haven't caught anything. Jesus tells them to cast, and whoa, it is a lot of fish. And even uh, the abundance and the provision, it it should give us shades of John 6, when Jesus provides by feeding the 5,000. And there they, they come to see even it is recognized, wait, it is the Lord. He is recognizable to them uh, based on what he is doing. So even when we have failed, Jesus has not. And Jesus is the same. He is the same Jesus yesterday, today, and forever. And he was the same Jesus before we failed, and he'll be the same Jesus after we have failed. Jesus does not change. And then we get into this back and forth between um Jesus and Peter in verses 15 through 17. And just the next thing that I want us to to see is that know that failure doesn't have to be the end. It doesn't have to be the end. And even there's this back and forth between Jesus uh, and Peter. And he asks him, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said, feed my lambs. And he said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And then he said to him, tend my sheep. And then a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Um, So, 
Maybe you've heard this passage and you've heard some of the Greek here where the first two times Jesus asks uh, Peter, do you love me? He uses the word agape or the verb form of that. And then next he, in the third time, he uses phileo. And maybe you've heard people explain it. Well, agape is real love. Phileo is I like you a lot. And even Peter uses that word to respond to him the first couple times. You know, do you love me? Well, I like you a lot. Do you love me? Well, I like you a lot. Well, do you even really like me a lot? Um, and, and I think trying to build our understanding off the differences in those um, two words doesn't really work. For one reason, both agape and phileo are used in strong ways. I, I don't think it's fair to just say, well, agape, that's real love, and phileo, that's just, I like you a lot. No, even the father loves the son with phileo love and agape love, and it doesn't mean something different. Also, if you were paying attention, though. Those words don't change in the English. They're always translated love. But do you notice how the other words Jesus used change? He'll say, feed my lambs. Then he'll say, tend my sheep. And then he'll go back to saying, feed my sheep. Well, what's the difference between feeding and tending? And what does he mean by sheep and lambs? Maybe even as John is recording this, that's the other reason why I don't think the distinction works is the conversation probably happened in Aramaic. So we're getting an account of it in Greek. And maybe uh, the apostle John had a junior high English teacher like I did that made you look up a word in a thesaurus if you were using it too many times. I I don't know, but I don't think we should base our understanding um, off of the differentiation between those words for love. I think what's Coming across here is Jesus is actively restoring Peter. He's asking him the question three times because, oh, I don't know. How many times did Peter deny him? That's right. Three. And if anything, the threefold repetition, it shouldn't be driven home by, well, he used a different Greek word the last time. It's driven home by he's asking him three times. He's highlighting by asking him three times, Jesus is it's somewhat painful, but he is highlighting Peter's failure, but he's highlighting Peter's failure to restore him. So again, know that failure does not have to be the end. And there may be failure in, in your own life. There may have been a failure in your marriage. There may be failure towards their kids, failure in a personal struggle with sin, failure at your job, a relationship that you kind of wrecked if you're honest with it. That failure doesn't have to be in the, or doesn't have to be the end. And there's two extremes I want to encourage you to avoid. One, don't live in your failure by continuing to walk in that failure. But then point two, don't ignore your failure. And even notice Jesus here, he he is pretty direct with Peter by asking him the question that third time. That would have been very painful. And you see that in Peter's response. But then the next things, as we consider again this back and forth, the third lesson is never stop loving Jesus. And even if we think through, okay, Peter here, he's restored. Judas, he feels sorry for his sin, but we're not going to see a happy ending for him as he kills himself. What's the difference? Well, I would suggest Peter actually loved Jesus. Judas did not. Judas wanted something from Jesus and betrayed him when it was clear he wouldn't get that. Sure, Peter failed, but he genuinely loved Jesus. And, and that's where the question, do you love me? Do you love me? In a time of failure, you need to ask yourself that. Do you love Jesus? And even in the wake of that failure, ask yourself, do you want Jesus or do you want what Jesus can give you? Uh, and what's going to get you off the mat and get you to keep running? 
uh, when you failed is, well, I really love Jesus. Because sometimes your failure leads to consequences and something that you wanted, well, now you're definitely not going to get it. And that's a consequence of your failure. And so if you don't really love Jesus, well, then you're not going to keep running the race because you're not getting what you want. But if Jesus is what you want, you will keep going. And so I want to encourage you, Jesus is worth it. There really is no treasure like Jesus. Keep pursuing him. And that should lead us to action. And three times Jesus or Peter is told some variation of feed my lambs, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. Hey, Peter, keep serving my people. And even in the wake of our failure, we need to keep serving the people of Jesus. And we need to seek to keep serving others. Now, in the wake of failure, obviously there's qualifications for leadership and there's ways we may need to step back from serving or leading, but we should never step back from caring about other Christians, seeking to serve the body of Christ in, in some way, even if I'm moving from doing it in a way up front to I'm doing the lowest task because I still want to serve. And that's a good reminder. If the Christian life is about some position you hold, that's a big problem. And if you're not willing to serve Christ without having a certain position, that's a big problem. Keep serving. Find some way to serve the people of God, whether that's in informal ways or still in some formal way in your church um, as you're seeking to do whatever you can to build up the body of Christ. Uh, That's the fourth lesson. The fifth lesson is finish the race well. And it's interesting. um, Jesus says to him in verse 18, truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. What he is doing here, and it it tells us that in verse 19, he's prophesying about what kind of death Peter will die. And from what we understand from church history is Peter is put to death by crucifixion. And even he's crucified upside down. And that would be, that's an encouragement to Peter. That's what Jesus is saying to Peter. Hey, I know you, you failed, but here, this will pick you up. Someday you're going to die for me. And hopefully you can see why that would be encouraging to Peter because he actually loves Jesus. He feels the weight of his failure to hear that in the future, he's not going to fail, but will stay faithful. That's a great encouragement to him. Would that be comforting to you? Or would you say, ah, Jesus, is there something else I could do? Um, But let that be a call wherever we are. Let's finish the race well. Whether it's martyrdom or not, in the end, may we be able to say, I I served Jesus to the end. And even though I failed, I kept going. And and my failure wasn't the end. And so whatever the next step is in front of you, do it well. And the sixth lesson is don't get distracted by anyone else. And then it it seems that Peter starts asking about the apostle John and and saying, what about this guy? And even that it seems like John's trying to clear up some level of misconception about himself because there's this rumor that's now spreading. This guy is going to stay alive until Jesus comes back based off of some misunderstanding of what was said here. Um, that, That may be part of the reason why it's in the gospel of John. But we see Jesus's response to Peter, and that's something that should be instructive to us. He says, if it is my will that he should remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. If it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? And sometimes we get too busy looking at other people, right? We either look at their success and feel, oh man, I, 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 maybe I'm not doing as much as they are. Or we look at their failure and say, well, hey, at least I'm doing better than them. And Jesus would say, what is that to you? 
you follow me. And so this is a very interesting chapter. And even the, the way Jesus goes about this, I think is instructive. I think it's pastoral. It's, it's pointed, yet it is gentle. Uh, it's an amazing back and forth between him and Peter. And ultimately from the context, it's Jesus restoring Peter. But I think these lessons are valuable to us today. Trust that Jesus is the same. Know that failure doesn't have to be the end. Never stop loving Jesus. Keep serving his flock finish the race well, and don't get distracted by anyone else. And when all is said and done, may we be able to say, I love Jesus and I finished the race well. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.